everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like the show, if you like what you're hearing, give us that five-star review. And please head over to abcboxing.com and read the scoring criteria. You need to know it. You really do. Rumbles. Yeah, we got a little bit of rolling thunder. I wonder if that's going to come through on the uh, on the audio track here. Not much we could do about that. We're not in a soundproof room or anything. We're just we're kind of surrounded by a lot of clothes that uh, that take a lot of the sound out. But you can't do much when there is a loud thunderstorm going on during recording. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do about that. Well, that's all right. Uh, you know, I think we power through it. Yeah. I think if people hear it, they'll just assume that we made it through because we edited the show and posted it. Yeah. That's you know that's all they need. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean this is uh this is a week where we finally got no fights again. Get a little bit of a break. No fights because Dana loves his Fourth of July party that he has every year at his house. Let's everyone know about it. But they used to do like a Fourth of July ish kind of. I mean sometimes it's more like the week after, but as is kind of the case here. But yeah, they, I feel like they used to do it a little closer to Fourth of July. Yeah, well it's usually the the weekend. After no, or, or of, I, I guess you're right. I guess you're international fight week. More, yeah, yeah, it's true. But I don't know. I, I, in my head, I remember mm. it being a little closer. I would have to look that up though. Well, they used to have a big card on Super Bowl. They stopped doing that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, they. What the problem was? I think they had the one year it fell through. It was the year the Panthers, my Panthers, went to the Super Bowl and played in one of the crummiest uh, Super Bowls, independent of the fact that my team lost. Uh, ever but the day before it was supposed to be gosh i don't remember what the headliner was supposed to be but it kind of felt everything fell apart and so they turned it into a uh like a free event on spike and it was when uh steven wonderboy thompson uh finished off johnny hendrix okay which kind of precipitated the uh quick fall of hendrix and yes wonderboy getting to be in the position where he challenged two times unsuccessfully for the welterweight belt mm-hmm. yeah i remember that uh, pretty well that was a that was a big time in my life like i said my team yeah. was in the super bowl <laughs> my my kid had just been born my first my firstborn son had just been born back in august and the panthers really didn't lose like after the point he was born for a while so i figured he was like an amazing good luck charm my son <laughs> and uh you know they obviously lost the game but that yeah. was disappointing but yeah i remember i remember a lot of things it's easy to remember things because uh when you have kids mm. I guess you you just kind of have these milestones and it just cements it a lot easier. Like, like anything, if you if you have something going on in your life, it's like oh, you can connect it, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we don't have any fights, but I figure we, we've got we've got a couple things uh, that we can kind of talk about. First thing, I just want to very briefly, Dan, update uh, you and I guess you know our listeners, of course, too. The data collection project that I've been working on to try and get all this round data from the last few years, right? Okay, so. Slowly but surely, I've been collecting it as it comes in with the, with the live events. I'm getting Bellators. I'm getting PFLs. I'm getting UFCs. Um, Cage Warriors here and there, although it's harder to get the uh, individual round scores from the fights that do not go the distance from Cage Warriors. If I've, I've had uh, a little bit of difficulty getting those. And then Bellator. It can be a challenge, but I've been fortunately able to get as much as I can from the Bellators. I'm just missing missing a little bit here and there. But going all the way back years and years and years, I've, been, I've had a lot of help from state commissions in the United States who are more or less compelled to help me if I put through a uh, um, public records request, a Freedom of Information Act request. If you ever want anything from a state government, more or less, you probably can just put through a Freedom of Information Act uh, to do so. There's a little tip for anybody. Uh, easy to get. Scores like that. 
uh, from UFC cards or really anything that was in any state. Some of them are a little tougher. Some commissions are a little harder to get a hold of. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I also want to give a big shout out this week for all of the help provided by uh, the CAB MMA, the Brazilian commission, because on demand, they gave me everything that I wanted in like 48 hours. Just really impressive. Very helpful. Uh, thank you very much to that commission. That's him. That's wild. So we are we're, we're closing in. I'm, I'm, I've got holes that I need to fill in. It's gonna be gonna be a little challenging. If anybody happens to uh, have scorecards from the UFC's 2019 Russia event, that would be pretty cool. Reach out to me, Scott R Fontana at gmail.com is a great way to get me. If you happen to have that, I would love you. Scott would really appreciate that. I would. I would. But uh, yeah, if you don't, I wouldn't be surprised. There's probably very few people on the planet who have that information. Is what it is. It is. Any so any update on on any of the actual data? Or? The data, not so much. I haven't been able to crunch it yet. But okay. I think we should probably do that soon, right? I mean, we're kind of at the halfway point of the yeah. year now. Yep. You know, maybe maybe next week what we should do instead of a past judgment, Dan, we should we should kind of go through and just come up with you know some kind of mid 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 year award type of All thing, right. or maybe just a brief update on the data. We could do that. Yeah. Let's do that. We're running out of fights. We're not. There are no shortage of fights out there, my friend. You stop that. All right. Well, there's not. There's... <laughs> but we've definitely hit a lot of the bigger ones. That is true. Uh, if anybody has any requests, happy to do it, by the way. Hopefully, it's not just a very, like, split decision-y kind of, like, every round super close kind of deal. Because we have a little more fun kind of pushing the uh, the boundaries of our, you know, Couchside judges scoring system that allows for that 10-8 between the 10-7 and 10-9 that you don't normally see. So that's what we would like to see. If you've got any fights like that where you're like, man, I wish I had a 10-8.5 that I could score in ABC scoring, we like those. Yeah. Pitch them. Pitch them. We're just looking for a billion ways for everyone to reach out and interact with us. We like we like, like to be heard from. It's nice. Yeah. Even if you want to come at me. Oh, yeah. Dan, especially if, if you um, want to get into a Twitter war with Dan, uh, you'd make his day. Just do that. It really makes me smile. And don't think of it as like you're my adversary because I don't think of it that way. I'm just flattered that you want to engage in an argument with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, so, it could it could be something where you're just making it up and you're just trying to give him something to go on. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's like it's like it's like uh, throwing a ball for like a dog, right? Like you're just you're just playing a game. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. I like it. I like it. And the other thing too, Dan, is that uh, you know. I've I've spoken to you know so many officials over the year or the last year or so that we've been doing the show, uh, and we've just gotten some really incredible feedback from all of the officials that I've been in touch with. Everyone saying how much they appreciate the education that we're bringing from this show to the people. Uh, it definitely heartens me to know that we're striking the right tone. You know, we're we're not necessarily pro judge, but we're definitely not anti judge. We're really just pro education, uh, and I think. That's what I'm proud of is that I think that probably comes through a little better. That's good. That's and a good I, way. And to we've put certainly it. educated ourselves a lot in oh, the last yeah. year because you know you go back a year at some of the shows we were doing. They just it's unrecognizable. We didn't really to to look at what we were talking about then to look at what we're talking about now. We really just have a much stronger grasp of the way things work. Um, so I think that speaks to just the simple fact that literally anyone especially if you're in media or you do anything on social media where you interact with people and you try to sound like you know what you're talking about with judging, I encourage you, anyone, read the criteria. Just like Dan said at the top of the show, read the criteria, abcboxing.com, read it through. If you have any questions, reach out to officials. There's a few on Twitter. 
I bet you they would interact with you if you're polite. I bet you they would answer your questions if you're polite and help you educate because we all just want to spread the word, right? We, we want to understand this sport better. Yeah. The one thing too that always strikes me is why anyone would want to know the criteria and how judges apply it most, especially now, Dan, betting, sports betting. Oh, yeah. Like you want, if you're going to be placing a live bet, like because they obviously they do the live odds and stuff now. If you want to place a live bet on who's winning the fight, you better know how the judges might be scoring this. Yeah, you, okay, just because you don't think that's the way it should be scored doesn't mean that's not the way it is scored. Mm-hmm. So learn the way it is scored because that's the confines of, of how a fight is judged. You got a better chance so, of winning money that way. Like Just because you think a takedown's worth a lot with no offense behind it doesn't mean it actually is. You know, Dan, now, now I'm kind of thinking about this. There's one thing I want to ask you because uh, we, we had a little, uh, you had a little bit of a Twitter uh, riff with someone in the last day or so regarding uh, stemming from the uh, verdict was making yeah, some announcement. They've got some big thing going. I know you can't stand verdict. I am not a fan of uh, what verdict I, essentially represents. Which I don't. Is, is just furthering a bunch of people just deciding how things fight. You know, fights happen on their own without actually knowing how it's supposed to be. The scored. biggest issue I have with verdict is they don't even have the criteria or a link to it in their app showing, telling people how to score the fight. No. It's just we're scored however you want, and then we're going to use it as a metric to paint judging in a negative light. And more and more, they make so, partnerships. They have a partnership now, obviously, with PFL. It sounds like they've got something very big coming soon, too. I, you know, pure speculation. This is nothing I've heard, but this is just me kind of reading the tea leaves based on what could be coming. They've got a big partner that they're going to be coming with, and there's not many that much bigger than PFL. So I'm going to guess... That it's someone bigger than PFL. So I'm going to throw in that it's going to be UFC. I'm just guessing. Again, really don't know. But I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I would hope, hope I, you're wrong too. I don't think that's going to be any good for uh, for any anyone, especially the judges. <laughs> they have a hard enough time as it is. They, yeah, really. That would be terrible. Yeah, anyway. Uh We'll, we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that. Maybe next time if we hear something about it, we should definitely update on the show, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. Uh, moving on from the judging, you know, there was a little bit of a, <laughs> maybe more than a little bit, there was some big news this week outside of an actual fight inside the cage. It was an upcoming announcement that came out of nowhere, Dan. I, the interim I, heavyweight title I, fight I, that I, nobody asked for between Cyril Gann and Derek Lewis because it sure seems like Francis Ngannou, the actual only undisputed heavyweight champion of the UFC and really the top heavyweight in the world, wasn't ready to meet their August time, the frame that they needed someone to fight in Houston against Derek Lewis, a Houston resident. Let me start with saying there's no reason this needs to be a title fight. No, absolutely uh, not. I I'm interested anyway. I think it's a good fight. Like it They're only putting a title on here because... They want to assign some sort of artificial significance. Put the Houston, the most Houston belt on the line or something. I don't even know. <laughs> they made a BMF belt. Make a, a BMH. I don't know. HMF. IDGAF. That. That's that's the uh, that's the one I want. That's yeah, a good one too. Yeah. yeah. I, just let them fight. I mean, it, there's a heavyweight title fight with two heavyweights. I wouldn't have chosen to put in the heavyweight title fight. And Ganu versus John Jones. They should have just done this to begin with. I mean. It, that's the title fight. It's obvious now that, it, and not that it wasn't pretty plain to see now, but I think there are even more people who were kind of maybe would bend over backwards to defend UFC. I have to think that they would look at this now and say, okay, 
what are we doing here? We're really just creating titles so that we have something to put on a pay-per-view so that we can advertise it as a heavyweight title fighter, as a, as a general title fight on a pay-per-view to make it distinctly different from anything else. Obviously, we say that a week out from Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, their trilogy fight, which is not for a belt. And honestly, I'm truly stunned they didn't decide to just make this a title fight at some point or an interim title fight. Maybe they still will. <laughs> There's still time. Um, but it, it just blows my mind that, that, that the UFC would at this point just say, you know what? We're going to completely devalue our championships. We're just going to create as many of those. And Dana, especially Dana White has always been like, oh, we don't need more titles. We don't need more titles. But he keeps creating titles in the divisions. Like there's always there's almost always like an interim champion or two. It's just why do you do that when you could easily just create a couple new divisions that people have actually been asking for? Super lightweight and super welterweight, 65 and 75. Just do that. You can get rid of 170. I don't think you need all those three, 65, 70, 75. That's too many. I think you get rid of 170. How do you feel about that, Dan? I like that. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. You split the two divisions up. You've got an extra title in there. If you really insist on having even more, create 195. I'm not as big on 195. I understand the reasons why you wouldn't do that because it's definitely going to um, make it a very shallow division and it's going to leak out from the other two. But I think at least... At those lighter divisions we're talking about, there are so many fighters that you're not going to water it down all that much. Yeah, no, it'd be perfect. So I'm I'm frustrated with this. I think it really just speaks to and and I've you know, I'm borrowing from a lot of people's uh, opinions that I've seen on social media, too. So I can't necessarily take credit for every single one of these and, you know, these ideas as my own. But the idea that it's just to to sell a pay-per-view and that they really don't even care about the stars anymore at all. It's really just about creating streaming content. I think that comes from Ant Edwards, uh, the idea that they're really all they're trying to do is please their streaming partners as long as they have the content and they're meeting the content, uh, you know, bare minimum of, hey, make sure you get a title fight in there or what, whatever it is that they're asked to do. And as long as they're doing that, they don't even care what, the fans, anyone thinks at home. Eventually, I feel like that's going to bite them. They had a title fight on here already. Which one was that? Is, is that the... Um... That's Nunes. Yeah. Here's so... the thing. Here's the thing. And I, someone else, again, kind of said this as well, but I actually completely agree with it. You're not going to move the needle, especially in Houston, where you're trying to get people to buy tickets and come with Amanda Nunes fighting Juliana Pena. And that's no offense to either one of them. I would be interested in watching them fight live, but... I wouldn't be surprised if there are a lot of people in the Houston area who would disagree. Okay, so Derek Lewis, Houston native. Yep. He's going to sell tickets. Is he going to sell more because it's for a fake belt? I don't think so. I so, really don't. So that's so st- it's just so stupid. It is stupid. But I think that what it really comes down to there is they can't necessarily make it the headliner anymore. It can't be the I still end don't think fight. it would change. I, I don't know. Don't. I think the the arena is going to make its gate regardless. No, no, no. I I so. think I think you're right, but I think it comes down to the way they they want to present it. They don't necessarily want to present it as a Nunez event. They want to present it as a Derek Lewis event. She's going to be the one making the most money anyway. I know. So. Yeah. I know. I know. Really I don't disagree. Silly. It's and, it's silly. It really is silly, but unfortunately, we're all left with this mess that they're I just don't like what it's doing and, to like the fans of the sport that really actually invested their their time on this. Like, and, and obviously, there's going to be some people who who are like, I just don't care. Do you? Think, and if you don't care, fine. Do you think there's a clause somewhere, 
or a rule from the UFC saying to both Gon or Lewis, if you guys win this, you will not pull a Gaethje and throw the belt. Mm, no. Because that would be awesome if they just threw the belt and be like, this is meaningless. I don't think Derek Lewis would pay attention to that if that was what it was. Well, no, he's going to do what he wants. He's going to do what he wants and say what he wants, but I also don't think he's going to care because that, that's a man who's uh, who's lived a hard life, and if he won an interim title, I mean, shoot, good for him. He he has made a lot of himself after after a rough start to life. So credit to him for getting that far, getting to this point where he might actually come away and be able to call himself an interim UFC champion one day. He should just fall in Ghana. I'm I'm on. I I mean, I, what's Ghana wanted to fight September? And they wanted, wanted to, to fight, fight September. They wanted August. It, it was it was truly like there's no way to look at this and and say that they just wanted to make sure. It was against Derek Lewis in Houston. Mm. That's it. That's the only way I read it. And the only way they could have found a suitable substitute for Derek Lewis was if they found John Jones would meet their price. Is I mean, and and he wasn't going to do that. He's still not going to do that. I'm sure. Is Ngannou injured or something? No, he just he wanted a little bit of time after he won his title. He hadn't been to Cameroon in a long time. I know how you feel. You want them to fight three times a year. I get just, it. Just tell me you're injured, man. Don't give me that. I, I just don't want to. I want to take a break, baloney. But they wanted uh, him. No, but the problem is at this point, if he's not in training camp, and I don't know if he is or not, if he's not in training camp training for this fight, he's only got six weeks to prepare for another title fight. That's not that much time at this level. You know? I don't get that much more time in the video game. I can't like a five-week camp. For the love of God, you're not bringing up the video game, are you? I'm just saying. Have you seen the glitches in this video game? I, I think it's just stupid, but I, I mean, I don't think there's there's fault solely on the UFC. I think, like, you're the champ. you got to fight, and it's been five months already, right? I, it'll be it'll five, be five months. months. That's a, that's quite a while. Dan, I, that's I, am, quite a while. I am firmly against this. I'm firmly against like, you on this one. I, I don't like what they did with the interim belt. There's no reason for it. The yeah. belt was defended three months ago. Yeah. But the fight's in August. But he only wanted an extra month. It's not like he was saying, I'm not going to fight eh. until December. He wanted one more month. I don't know. I, but I, I get it. At this point, it's truly all about lining up with the UFC schedule. It does not matter if you merit the title anymore. It doesn't matter. Well, titles don't the even matter only, They don't. They, honestly, they're not really world titers, the titles. They're promotional titles. Mike, you already told me that you don't consider... Uh, whatchamacallit, the, the number one lightweight, uh, Oliveira. Oliveira, yeah, correct. I, it, I, I really, really don't. And, and again, that's no offense to Charles Oliveira. I just, I happen to look at Dustin Poirier as the number one lightweight in the world right now. You can disagree. That's okay. This is how I feel. It's, it's, he's certainly not the undisputed champion. I mean, he may be the champion of the UFC and that is undisputed, but he is not the undisputed number one lightweight on the planet. I think that's something that people could at least agree with. Okay. That's fair. Okay. But I think we talked enough about the heavyweights. Oh, I've got a lot more, but we can hold it. I can hold it. Right. <laughs> yeah, we but we I mean, we're not done talking about heavyweights though. No, just We're talking of... about the heavyweights. We're going to we'll go back in time. We're going to go back to our past judgment for the week, which is also heavyweights. Uh I think it's good in the spirit of coming off a heavyweight fight the other day. We had a heavyweight uh past judgment last week. We've got a heavyweight past judgment right here. And it's really like this is a this is really a fun fight. It's not necessarily the best fight in terms of the level of skill on display, but it's just this is it's like one of the it's like a Rocky fight. 
Yeah, this is a rocky fight. I found a gnat in my iced tea. Oh, that's disgusting. That's what happens when you pull ice from the cooler, I guess. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. It's the chance you but take, yeah, sir. This was like a Rocky-esque fight. And that, of course, was Mark Hunt, Antonio Bigfoot Silva, number one. One of the greatest, in terms of entertainment value, heavyweight fights that I think oh, we yeah. probably had, especially in the UFC. Mark Hunt started with blonde hair. He ended with pink. Yes, they, he did. It, it, he got a second hair dye there. <laughs> <laughs> But before we get into that fight, go into more detail, as usual, let's go over how we do the CSJ criteria, which we alluded to a little bit earlier. Yeah, basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Please go read it. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. We just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Alright, Scott, set up Bigfoot vs. Hunt. One. All right. So, yeah, this was the headliner of a UFC fight night airing on Fox Sports 1 at Brisbane Entertainment Center in Brisbane, Australia on December 7th, 2013. That was in Australia. It was actually still December 6th in the U.S. Uh, it's just the, the funny way time uh, time zones work. Hunto was 39 at a 9 and 8 record. Obviously, his record unimpressive on its own. But as we many of us know, Mark Hunt had a very high strength of schedule from Pride and UFC. Uh, he was coming off a knockout loss to Junior Dos Santos that May, but that snapped a four-fight win streak that I don't think anybody saw coming when he got to the UFC, finally. Yeah, no. That was, I mean, he, can't, he lost his, his UFC debut. It was not impressive to Sean McCorkle. And then he had one more contracted fight, and he's like, nah, give me it. And then he just kept winning. Really? And he fought for that, right? They wanted to buy him out. Yes. Right. He, he's like, nah, give me that. Yeah. And he didn't want the money. He wanted to earn it. Credit to him. Uh, Silva, 34 years old. He had just lost his heavyweight title bid to Cain Velasquez. Round one TKO the same night that Hunt lost to uh, JDS. That dropped him to 18 and four. But he had earned that title fight uh, with a comeback victory over Alistair Overeem in February that year. So right, that was like a that was like a video game knockout. It really was. And 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 Overeem, if you remember, he just kind of got. I think he got overconfident. That was that was something that kind of marked his early UFC tenure. Is he kind of seemed like he would go into this kind of cruise control. He's like, oh, I know I'm up. I'm, you know, he's always yeah. almost like playing with his food, and then the food <laughs> bit back. Uh, I I have to think Overeem could have gone farther, maybe even been a champion if he had just finished closed the deal a little more in some of that fight. That one and and Travis Brown stick out to me. Oh yeah, those those are the two I believe. There may be those more, but those are the ones that stuck out. Judges for this one in Australia, Barry Foley, Charlie Keach, and Kong Kapayanu, who I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, Papayanu. Uh, sorry if you're listening. I, I apologize. I hope uh, maybe one day I'll hear that right. Referee, I don't trust uh, Bruce Buffer, by the way. Well, number, well, Bruce Buffer didn't even announce his name. No, well, <laughs> when he was reading the scores. He's like, you know what? So- Derek Clearly, Sal <laughs> Diamato. Eric Colin, I'm not even trying this one. This is this is way outside the range. <laughs> At least he gets Mike Bell. That one's, that one's that not one as right. hard. Yeah, yeah. Referee for this one was Steve Percival, who is definitely the referee I think of when I think of Australia. Yeah. So round one, 
Does it start a little slow, or we get a little bit, of, a little of action early? No, it was a bit slow of a round. Slow-ish. Uh, it, it was a low, low output round. For okay. Me. Uh, it was good for Bigfoot. He he drops Hunt briefly, but that was really the only flurry of offense I thought he had, and uh, I scored it for him ten nine. Yeah, it's definitely a. I don't want to say a tepid round. I mean, they're they're. They're having shots here and there, but I think other than that flurry that you're talking about, where they both kind of landed, mm-hmm. but Bigfoot, Bigfoot wins it. He landed much bigger. He knocks him down and, and very briefly seems to have him pretty badly hurt, but just just briefly. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. I don't know. I thought, I mean, I thought he, he, he looked down. a little more hurt just, I, just I for that period so. of time, but I think he recovered quickly. That's how I interpreted what I saw. Oh, I didn't. Well, that is probably the difference between our scores because I had it as a 10-8 for Silva. I think as long, you know, if... If you interpret it that way, it's a 10-9. That makes total sense to me. But I saw it a little bit further. It just it didn't have duration. So it's definitely uh, a very on-the-fence 10-8 even in our system. Right. You know, it's not an automatic 10-8 just because of the knockdown. That's boxing. We're not boxing. But I just thought he got there enough because it was a diminishing blow. That's how I kind of saw it. And I think it's it was enough for me to push it just far enough to go there. But... Maybe I maybe I would be in the minority there if this was an accepted uh, scoring system, and that's fine. Okay, you like hanging out there? Yeah, I, I like to push it. You like to bring it back, which is totally okay. the opposite of the dynamic that I think we started the show. That's true. <laughs> We've got a role reversals here. Uh, we'll see. Let's let's finish the fight and we'll see how. Yeah, that's how true. It goes. That's true. Maybe maybe we'll have a little bit of difference here. So yeah, but any all all three judges had this as a silver round. This was this was an easy silver round. Um, so he's up ten nine on the cards, which is definitely how you'd score it. Yeah. Uh, round two. What's happening here? Uh, it's pretty close for a while. It is. And, you know, Silva's leg kick starting to pay off a bit. Hunt lands a big right that wobbles Bigfoot. Uh, but then Silva comes back and lands a huge calf kick. No, no, no. It's not a calf kick. It was, it was those low kicks to the outside of the calf. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what I'm they sorry. were called. The, the ones that we saw Benson Henderson right, do recently. Right, right. Yes. The Benson Henderson <laughs> the low Benson kicks Henderson to the low outside kicks of the, the calf. Outside. Yes, exactly. Okay. This is... It's so wild to to watch fights from eight nine years ago where they're talking about these ca- which we've now just shortened to calf kicks, which is the totally obvious name that we didn't give them at the time. It's so wild. It reminds me of D- Dan. Do you, you ever see uh, Semi Pro with Will Ferrell? I've seen it twice in the past week and a half. Okay, good man. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So there near the end, they have uh, that play where the ball is passed through the air and it is caught and then dunked through the net with a forceful motion, uh, which I'm told now is called an alley-oop. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and this is kind of what it reminds me of. It's very, it's like this detailed description of what's going on, and they could have just given it a very short name. Yeah. Two fouls on the play. <laughs> no, two fouls. What? All right, I'm going to let it go. <laughs> if you've never seen Semi-Pro, please see it. That's one of my, that's one of my favorite yeah. referrals. One of my favorite comedies, probably. Uh, and definitely one of my favorite sports comedies. I'm, I'm going to say even number two. Behind Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore is hard Happy to beat. Happy Gilmore is hard to beat. You can't yeah. beat it. I'm sorry. It's it, For me, it's probably unbeatable. Sports comedies, yeah. Yeah. that Exactly. We're, we're talking about very niche here. Yep. Uh, here Comes the Boom is, is a lot further down the list. I don't even think I've seen that. You never saw Here Comes the Boom? I feel like you should see it. Yeah. Just just because it's a, an MMA movie. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about? I know what we're talking about. Kevin yeah, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Boss Rutan's in it. Lucky Patrick. Is is that his name? I don't that's even remember. Mayhem. I saw it one. Oh, that's right. That's Mayhem's, Mayhem's character. Oh my god! It's been a while since I, I saw it. Like probably after it came out on video, like at oh, the time. Uh, I don't intend on watching it again. <laughs> I just, uh, just not going to do that. Uh, back to the fight, though. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, those calf kicks, they, that to me swung the round because I was leaning yes. for Hunt mm-hmm. uh, really just because of that really good shot he had. That, right. that was, was a straight right. Is that what it was? Straight right wobbled him. Mm-hmm. That one, it, it was leaning that way. And then those calf kicks definitely were immediate impactful damage there. So I, I swung it the other way yep. to, to Silva. 10-9. Yeah, Close round. Silva. I think you could still make the case for Hunt in that round. I do think the calf kicks are strong enough, but I... I wouldn't fight it if it went the other way, you know? I'd have to hear the reason, but yeah. yeah of course. You want to yeah. hear anytime. You got to hear the reason. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it makes some sense. You can you could convince me that that's an acceptable score. Uh, but as it is, because I had the first round at Zay 10-8 for Silva, you didn't. I have it 2017. You have it 2018. Mm-hmm. That is how two of the three judges have it. Barry Foley and Colin Papayanu, they had that way. Uh Charlie Keach had this one as a 1919 because of the 10-9 hunt in this round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking about this is a different time, different scoring. Maybe they're just not interpreting leg kicks as very scoring. I think yeah. there was there was uh that line of thinking in judging for a little while. <coughs> peoples. <laughs> Sorry, I sneezed. God bless you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> let's let's go to round three here. Round three, uh, I thought Hunt had a really good final two minutes of this round. Yes. Drop Bigfoot, uh, and then he starts attacking. It's really like more like three minutes, Dan. Is it that long? It is. It's just about three minutes. Okay, so he, he drops him, and then he, he's on top of the ground and pound, landing some good elbows. I did not think the elbows had like crazy impact. I didn't think Bigfoot was in danger of getting knocked out or losing Okay. at this point, but it was really solid offense. Uh, it's I a strong think- round. It was a strong round. I think if if he was a tad stronger, or or if Bigfoot gave any indication that these shots were hurting him more, I'd probably go ten seven. But I saw it as a ten eight. I also had as a ten eight. For a second, you were worrying me. I'm like, is he not thinking of going ten eight? Mm-hmm. He's going to go to ten nine. No, no, no. Yeah, you, you restored my faith. <laughs> <laughs> I should have always believed in you. But yeah, this this to me is definitely a ten eight round for Hunt. I yeah, you toy with the ten seven. I think mm-hmm. anytime you get this this lopsided around with this much damage going on, you have to at least think about it mm-hmm. uh, in our system. But no, the the eight is the more comfortable score here. I think that's how. I think that is the exact right score of this round. I think mm-hmm. I'd probably wonder. You know, you you can make a case, of course, for anything. But um, I I think it's a really good score here, and that puts me at. 28-27 for Silva. And I'm all tied up. Yes, you are. Uh, the judges, all three gave them gave this round to Hunt as a 10-9. And, and, and I'd agree, you know, especially before the cl- the criteria was clarified and it was seemed to be a little bit harder for those 10-8s to be given out. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense that this is the score. I, I wouldn't have been mad if, if this was even scored a 10-8 back then. I think you can kind of make... You can make it. I, mean, I would way, say this is a better round. If there's no middle ground, I think this is if the judges that were judging the uh, Jan Adesanya match, they would have given this round a ten. Oh, uh, Jan Blahovich and uh, yeah. Adesanya. Yeah, yeah, maybe they would have. I think this is a better round than that one. Yeah, I agree. And and obviously that round seems to have led to a lot of the backlash in terms of the, the much lesser right. uh, 10 as we brought up on the show. Uh, a few times, it really you you just tell that there's less ten eights than there used to be. Although I feel like even in recent weeks, it's starting to normalize again. It's just kind of looking that way. Maybe maybe it was always like, all right, let's lay low for a little bit. Now now we're yeah. back to it. <laughs> Slowly sneak it back in, like the frog in the cold frying pan. You just keep eating it up a little bit more and more. I like that analogy. And then he forgets to jump yeah. in. Yeah. You, Mr. Poet over there. Bam, frying frogs. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, so everyone had this 10-9 for, for Hunt, like I said. Uh, that actually puts Hunt up 29-28 on uh, Charlie Keach's card. But on Foley and Papayanu, they still have Silva up 29-28. Uh, and, that's, and that's probably the way I would still score this fight, if it was me. Yeah. Yeah. So round four. Now we're, we've got uh, another big round. Who's it for? This one's for Silva. Mm-hmm. Uh, good leg kicks early. Hunt was landing some good punches throughout the round. Uh, but Bigfoot hurts Hunt later, and then he goes to work from the top. Yes. Oh, yeah. And he gets all the way to Mount, too. He gets Mount. He's, Hunt is bleeding now. He's landing some good strikes. Pretty I, much just surviving. I think if if it wasn't for Hunt having the offense he had, I'd go 10-7. Okay. So you're saying it kind of balances it back it, down? Be just, it's not like he had regular offense. He had solid offense, I he thought. Did. So. Yeah. That's why I do not move it all the way to 10-7. I go 10-8 for Bigfoot. I did go to the 10-7. And the reason being, I think the the overwhelmingly effective striking and grappling that happens in the later part of mm-hmm. the round, I think is big. He's pouring it on from Mount, unimpeded, bleeding bad. You could argue that maybe some of the strikes that Bigfoot Silva is throwing her kind of low percentage, like double axe handle smashes. <laughs> yeah, that was I wild. mean, it's <laughs> is that the most effective way to do it? Maybe not. But <laughs> I mean, he's st- he is still landing. I mean, I don't think that landed that well, but he's still landing very, very heavy strikes. Very diminishing blows was... are coming from him. I think it's enough that it can still outweigh the fact that Hunt had some good work early. Yeah, it, it comes down to the fact that, I mean, did Mark Hunt deserve to get only seven points for this round where he had, you know, fairly good offense for a while? And I say yes, and, so, and it's because he was in such a compromising position for so long. I mean, this is this is a I mean, is there a worse place to be than mounted by Bigfoot Silva and being punched in the face repeatedly well, without yeah. any way to get up? I mean, he I mean, yeah, well, yeah, of course he had ways to get up, but sure wasn't showing him. Rear mount flattened out. Yeah. Would have been worse. Sure, but <laughs> it's pretty bad. This this it was, was in a bad this way. was the position that finished way. off Fedor when they fought when, okay. when Bigfoot fought Fedor. Yeah. I was there for that one. Oh. I was in Jersey, and That's then that was cool. that was the first of many nights in which we thought Fedor was done fighting. Is he done fighting officially yet? No, he he just said last week he's coming <laughs> back at the end of the year. What you missed that? <laughs> I missed that. Yeah, yeah he's gonna fight for Bellator in Russia. Okay, he's got their oh, Bellator's doing fighting? their. They don't know yet. They haven't booked booked that. But the winner of the Grand Prix. No, the Grand Prix is light heavyweight. Right, and, yeah, let him fight. But if that's here. if that's Vadim Nemkov, that's his protege. They wouldn't fight anyway. Oh, so okay. I, but, but no, my guess is, and I think Scott Coker even kind of alluded to this, that it's probably going to be one of Alistair Overeem, free agent, who's now going to be kickboxing. But I mean, shoot, if he had the opportunity to fight Fedor, I think he'd take it, especially if the money was right. Yeah. And then you've got on the other side, you have Junior Santos which I think makes a lot of sense because that's probably the most interesting fight you can put Junior Dos Santos in outside of the UFC right now. How old is Fedor? Uh, he's a, he, I think he's mid-40s. I want to say he's going to be 44 uh, by the time he fights. I think he turns 44 a month before they fight in October. Randy could still go. Randy uh, had a heart attack like two years ago. How about we don't put Randy Couture in the cage again? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he just turned 58 the other day. <laughs> He's probably still in better shape than a lot of guys. I wouldn't say he's not in good shape, but also I can't imagine a commission's going to clear a man who's 58 years old and had a heart attack and hasn't fought in 10 years. And last time Did he fought, you see he had Kimbo his tooth knocked out. Dada 5000? Yeah, and which one of them is still alive now? Well, the one, out, the one that died. Uh, yeah. Basically, Dada 5000 had a heart attack in the, 
in the locker room. I mean, room. he kind of did, yeah. So that doesn't speak very highly of that type of uh, clearing of matchmaking, does it? But I'm saying they were cleared. Yeah, I, I hope we've learned things. Okay. That's where I'm coming from. All right. I would like to think commissions are, are a little more risk-averse than that these days. All right. Than to put Randy Couture back. Then. And Randy makes good money in Hollywood doing all these things. Ken Shamrock versus Fedor. God, what, what, why do you have bad... Your ideas are getting worse, sir. Okay. <laughs> Rate it in. Uh, <laughs> speaking of rain it in, we got to come back. We got to come back on this one. So I had a 10-7. You had a 10-8. My score at this point is 38-34 for Silva. So he won. Unless I mean, on my card, finished. yes. He, he, uh, Hunt needs a finish. Okay. That is what we have here. Um, I'm comfortable with that with where that fight, that score sits in terms of the way the fight has looked, okay. too. That That's fine with me. Uh, the what, what is your score, by the way? What do you have in it now? I have 38-36. Big okay, so you definitely, you still have a path to victory for Hunt. Uh, so for the judges themselves, they all had a 10-9 Silva round here. A little surprised that no one gave it a 10-8. Even back then, uh, especially you know when we're when we talk about round five in just a moment, uh, this this seemed like a round where they realistically could have still given it a ten eight, but maybe it was kind of the thinking that you're giving it, which is like, well, at least Hunt did something. Although but I, he didn't I don't just know. do something, I thought he did good. I know, I so. know, I understand, I understand. I'm not faulting your ten eight score. I think it's defensible. Mm-hmm. You're, you're defending it. I have no problem with it, but I do feel good about my 10-7 score here, too. Um, but where that puts us now on the actual judges' cards is Silva is up 39-37 to 37 on Foley and Papayanu's cards, and Charlie Keach has it tied at 38. So, you know, for his card, for all intents and purposes, uh, the fight's still up for grabs. But on the other side, the best we can really see in this fight is Hunt getting a draw. If he gets a 10-8 from these two judges. Well, I guess it was one judge and if he wins the round from Keach. So that that's kind of the situation we are in mm. now. Uh, we'll see what happens in round five. What does happen in round five? This is a great round for Hunt. It's a great round, period. I, the last 10 minutes of this fight on the whole were, were pretty it was wild. Fun. It was fun. He landed everything, including the kitchen sink. Hurt that, Silva good. Figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> he cut him with, with the elbows. Big punches. I think Silva is just completely exhausted. He has some offense. He actually never gets knocked down, but he's rocked probably throughout this whole fight. He's minutes. in a bad way for a lot of the round. Uh, Silva has offense. He lands some punches. It just to me, it didn't seem like any of it had any effect on Hunt. Hunt never left the pocket. Mm-mm. Kept firing back. Uh, the end of the round, like the last like thirty seconds, they're just kind of leaning on each other because they're about to die. But yeah, it was understandable. A, this was this was a war of attrition. I think Hunt checks damage and duration very solidly, so I lean ten seven, and that's the way I scored it. I only went ten eight here. Third out of five rounds, we disagree. This is atypical for you rare. and I. We're, we're usually very rare. much uh, united yeah. in the way we would score this, but I do think that speaks to the fact that this this fight and this in particular has a bunch of rounds that you can really interpret in different ways based on the scoring yeah. that we've uh, built upon and, and, and adapted from the ABC. So, it, yeah, I mean, I have no problem with you going 10-7 all the way there. I just thought that this was a round where as much as Silva is is in a bad way, and I can understand if you're perceiving him to be in, in a very diminished state as a result, and, and you know, you, you're checking off those Ds. Mm-hmm. If you check off two Ds, you can get to the 10-7. So mm-hmm. we, we allow for that. Uh, so that's fine. But for me, I did go to the 10-8, and I think it's simply because we do have those shots coming back from Silva to Hunt. It's almost the same reason it's why— It's basically the same it's, as four. Yeah. yeah, it's the same as four for you, but I'm <laughs> yeah. making this case. It, it's very funny. Like uh, It's just, I again, 
I think you can kind of go either way with this one, but I do think you have to perceive this as a very big round for Hunt as well. Yeah. And, and that bears out because two judges, Foley and Papayanu, they gave it a 10-8 for Hunt, and those were the two that Hunt needed to avoid a loss. He got it tied up. You usually don't see it where a guy's down two rounds, or two points, excuse me, going into the final round. He needs a 10-8. He doesn't get the finish, but he does get the 10-8s he needed. Mm -hmm. So he ends up with a draw. Uh, Keach, actually, though, the, the man who had this tied going in, he only gave out 10-9s on the night, including this round, so it's a natural 48-47 for Hunt. And that's uh, basically his his scorecard became superfluous once we had the two draws. It's just a majority draw. That's it, yeah. He won on one scorecard, which it's not enough. I think this is a 10-8 in, in ABC scoring today. Oh, I, I would think I so, do. I do. I think this is a good one. But but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't unanimous even today. That still wouldn't surprise me. It would depend on, on the judge and their tendencies to go the 10-8 or the not. Yeah. It depend on where they're sitting, of course, and these type of factors as well. But I, I think I think when you talk about 10-8s in the modern time, it's really just because the ABC scoring criteria is a little loose when it comes to the 10-8s, and it's still harder to get unanimous unless it's just a total beatdown, which this really isn't. Yeah, pretty. Yeah. You know, it's it's still on like I think you even agree even you, even though you win 10-7, mm -hmm. it's still borderline. Oh, it's a borderline case, mm -hmm. yes. And and yeah, we had three of those obviously for this one. So, yeah, this fight goes down as a majority draw at first, but then Silva pops for elevated testosterone levels after oh, the fight. I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah, you didn't know this. Surprise. <laughs> Dropping a bomb on you. Uh, so, yeah, this one, uh, it was declared a no contest, but only for Silva's half, if I understand correctly. Um, well, it would still be. Well, so what's his hunt actually is still credited with the draw because he earned the draw. Right. OK. So Silva's result which isn't a true negative is eliminated if it was a so loss his, it would have it would have stayed is his third number a zero then and the fourth number is a one so the the third number is draw the fourth number it, what you're referring to is is a no contest okay. yeah the one that you you often see that in parentheses okay is that the gotcha. like the one for no contest this is my understanding of it i mean for all intents and purposes it doesn't really matter because there's still no winner yeah. um but what right. what that does at least is it doesn't take away the fact that hunt earned his draw and he really did earn his draw yeah. especially the way the fight bared out because mm -hmm. he was going to lose and then he takes it so credit to him imagine what it would have been if he knew uh the scoring would have been interesting to see. Uh, open scoring. I'm still in favor of it. Yeah. I like it. At least the way it's done in uh, Kansas. I do like the way they've done it. They've been doing it a year. We still haven't seen major complaints coming out of this yet. You know, they're obviously not doing shows all the time, but they do a bunch of shows. They, they've mm -hmm. had Invicta there. They've had Elfe. They've had other shows. I don't think we're having crazy problems with this yet and, and the quality of fights and, and the way it goes. I think it's it's been a tool. Yeah, the broadcast just has to get on page. Same page. Ah, true. That's it. That is that is true. <laughs> you do have to get that right. Uh, but that that comes down to individual promotions and the way they are broadcasting their fights mm -hmm. too. There's at least some blame on the promotions. Um, I don't know how much of that falls on the commission themselves as well to be able to work the promotions. That's entirely uh, a matter I'm not familiar with. But again, they'll figure that out. I would like to. Think. Oh yeah. Especially imagine yeah. the UFC came to town and they did that. You think the UFC is not going to at least try to figure it out? They not got they've got a little bit more. Uh, Resources available to make sure things can go a little smoother. Although, it's not like everything goes smooth at the UFC either. So who knows? That's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they actually did. These two did rematch a couple years later. They were talking about it in the end of the broadcast, uh, you know, alluded to it. John Anik, early John Anik, early UFC John Anik, who this particular night, he was kind of wearing this suit that didn't seem to fit 
as as smoothly as I feel like we see him now. He's, he's, he's bit, got a, he's got a better tailor now. I think he had uh, an interesting suit on. It was not it was had, not the greatest fit for he him. He also was being a little. Uh, Snarkier is was that the word? Snarky. Well, so? snarky might not be the right word. What are you talking about? But he's like early. He's like Martin Hunt is targeting the very large target that is Antonio Silva's head. Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, that's I funny. I love that. that I know it's great. funny, but I thought he had. I thought he had a bunch of those. Like uh, he had some more personality. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, he's got that. That's but a, obviously now he's snarky's got re- probably not the right word. No, I don't think so. I, th- uh, I think he was just adding a little more personality. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not. Really? A, I'm not a thesaurus like Scott. Yeah. No. Or a dictionary for that. That's true. But yeah, so they rematched two years later. Hunt won this one in the first round. TKO took all the suspense out of it, uh, and that put the end of it. And actually, Dan, I don't know if you know this, but from the time Bigfoot beats Overeem before this fight, he won just one of his most recent 11 fights, Bigfoot Silva. Time to call it quits. I think he did call it quits for a while, and I think he actually did come back recently. I, I don't recall that, the date of his most recent fight, but I kind of remember him coming back. Nonetheless... I almost think a fight like this took some out of him. Oh, definitely. Because he did. had a good career. I mean, he was eighteen and four coming. I he was eighteen and three before the title fight. Definitely did. He was. He. This was not someone who just went on some sort of fake run. He had some good wins. Obviously, you know, we even look at the well, the Overeem fight and say, you know, probably Overeem should have been able to beat him, but he didn't. You know, he came back and won it. You know, credit credit where it's due. But yeah, he was never the same. From this point in his career, it's been almost a decade since he's really been the same fighter. Yeah. So uh, it is what it is. Heavyweights. Heavyweights, not a, a division where you just mess around. You're not playing. You're not earning points. Even if you get the decision, a, a fight like this, this is a war of attrition. Definitely. And that does it for us. We don't have any fights this weekend. Like I said, I'm sure there are fights elsewhere in the world. In the country, in the United States, anywhere. We're not concerned with them. We're taking a little break. We've got Connor next week, which I'm going to miss because I'll be camping. He'll be camping. Um, hopefully, it's a lot cooler there than it is right now oh in this room. God, yes. I am sweating. I'm glad we're wrapping this one up. And we'll come back. Uh, we'll, we'll have a past judgment over the uh, no, probably we're on gonna, Monday. We're going to do the data, I thought. Which one? We're going to do it on Monday or, or Wednesday? We'll figure it out. We're going to do the data, one of them. We'll uh, let you know. Take Thanks care, everybody. Listening. Have a good one. <laughs>